You are listening to the Marriage in Action podcast. We are Dustin and Alana Bookout, and we want to welcome you into our cozy living room where we chat about all the crazy marriage topics with a splash of TMI and a promise to keep it real. It is our very first episode, and what better way to kick this podcast off than to take you down memory lane as we share our history with you. In this episode, you'll find out how we met, you'll hear our epic engagement story, some good and bad seasons of our marriage, and why we started Marriage in Action. All right, you guys, I am so excited about this, our very first podcast. It took a hot second for us to figure all of this equipment out, but we are ready to go. I think, we, I think so. We think so. We, re- <laughs> we really don't know. But we posted on our Marriage in Action page asking you guys what you wanted us to podcast about first. The overwhelming response, you wanted to hear our history, and I'm about to lay it all out. We did put a question box up and ask specifically what questions, and I've got them right here. Dustin has no clue what I am about to ask. So this, this is, is the be, story of our marriage. This is going to be real fun. I fly by the seat of my pants and drag him along most times, but he really wants all the details. I am very like detail oriented. I need lists and I have no list. So it's going to be interesting. If you are listening to any of the podcast platforms, know that we also uploaded this to YouTube. If you would like to watch the video along, we'll be posting some pictures there as well. All right, you ready to get started? I think so. This is an easy one. Okay. I'm starting you off easy. Are you ready? Yes. How did we meet? We met in college. Um, You, I, I was playing college football and you followed your high school sweetheart to college as well who was playing football with me. And we met through him. He was, we, we were, we had kind of some mutual friends and whatnot. So we, we would see each other on the go on, in passing uh, here and there. And then I can't remember if it was a, one or two years into you being at school, y'all broke up. And the question was, was she coming back to school? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I was coming back to school. And part of that was I had massive foot surgery and um, just, after the breakup, the the surgery, what you know, my foot was really having a hard time recovering. So the question was, I I, I may not go back, but I decided to, and um, I guess I should tell. This is when I should stick in a little piece of background information. When I went back to school, um, I had a friend named Kayla, who was a mutual friend of both of ours, and um, Kayla set me up on a blind date with. Do you remember this part? Oh, man. <laughs> Kayla set me up on a blind date with a coworker of hers. And so I had just gone on this blind date with this man that I knew nothing about. Um, he told me he was going to marry me on our first date. Oh. Right? <laughs> Psycho. Right? Oh. <laughs> and so I ran very far, fast and far away from that. And I was just, I could not believe someone in their right mind would ever say, I'm going to marry this person on the first date, right? That's just should never, ever happen. So that's what I came into this relationship with. Fast forward a couple days after that blind date. Hold on, hold on. I oh. want to, I want to say oh. later on, and we found out later that the blind date, the guy was still technically married. Okay. 
You didn't have to bring <laughs> that part. It okay. she didn't know. No one. I didn't know. We, we Kayla, Even everyone Kayla found didn't know. everyone found out later on. But we were like, y'all, what? this guy. That should be a whole nother podcast yeah. because there's more to this story that I'm not even wanting to share because he was crazy. But anyway, so fast forward a couple of days after uh, this blind date, I am sitting in the main campus area where everybody kind of hung out. We called it the sub, right? Yeah, the sub. And the doors open, you guys. Okay. The doors open. Right. And in walks Bookout. Bookout. I didn't even know his first name. <laughs> I just knew him as Bookout. I was terrified, you know, like mortified from this blind date that had just taken place. I have just told my friends, like, I am never dating again. I literally told everyone, I am never dating again. The angels open these doors, in walks Bookout. He has just come off of, was it two or three a days? Uh, it was two a days. Two a days in football, where it's two workouts a day. He is, he is so tan. He's got this blue ball cap on, and he's walking in. And I do like one of these. If you're on YouTube, you can see like I spin around in my chair, and I'm following his every move with my eyes. Do you know what body part I'm staring at? You know, Dustin. I know. Yes. I'm staring at his massive calves. I gotta say. <laughs> I know y'all are hearing a lot more than you wanted to, but I, I never knew that I was ever attracted to anyone's calves. I don't think I've ever looked at a man's calves until Bookout walked in. I looked at him and I was like, he is good looking. And Kayla says my favorite words of all time. He's my next door neighbor. I said, I'm coming over. Not like hypothetical next door neighbor, like literal next literal. door neighbor shared a wall. I mean, it was we were right next to each other in their little tiny apartment complex. Oh, he was tiny. her very next door neighbor. So I went over there that night, and you get to tell this part of the story. Oh gosh, this is I'm kind of embarrassed about this part of it. So <laughs> tell um, it all. <laughs> she comes over to hang out with Kayla, and I was down the street hanging out with friends. And this is back, you know, when like Halo and video games were real big. So we were, I was playing with my friends on that. And she, Kayla, gave me a call on my cell phone. And I don't remember this part. This is what was later. Oh, he says he doesn't remember this This is part. what was later on <laughs> uh, passed on to me or, or reiterated to me was Kayla told, told me that Alana was here and she wanted to hang out with me. And I just kind of played it off like, oh, I'm playing video games with my friends. Yeah, how do, yeah that's going to fly over real well with the girl that you want to meet. <laughs> so uh, fast forward several hours. I'm walking down the street because it was literally like 100 yards away. And Kayla and Alana were sitting in the in the. It, like a, what do you call it? Like the courtyard. The courtyard, of, yeah. Of the, the courtyard apartment. of, because it really wasn't an official courtyard, but we're going to call it the courtyard. Right. And they were sitting out there talking and having a good time. What was I doing, Dustin Bookout? The first and last time <laughs> I have ever seen my wife with a cigarette in her hand and drinking Colorado Bulldogs. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I. I'm, and that was the first and last time she ever drank that drink, too. <laughs> I was, I think I was really nervous that he was coming, and Kayla would smoke from time to time. And. Um, so I was trying to be the cool kid, but I was not doing a very good job at this <laughs> at all. Um, I think I took like two puffs and I was like, I can't do this. This is not the life for me. But I was trying to be cool because in college, even still, I was, you know, like you think you should know by then. 
coolness yeah, or think, not, but I think we like to call it a casual smoker or casual drinker smoker type thing. But yeah, uh, again, that was the first and last time <laughs> I, I've ever seen her do that. Um, so we hung out in the courtyard for quite a bit and talked for a while. And do you remember this part? When I asked for your number and you said, are you talking to me? I did. I was. <laughs> do you remember what I was wearing that night? You were wearing a black top <laughs> uh-huh. with leopard print pajama pants. I know because I was. I was. Let me tell you what. It was 2003 and it was, that was <laughs> the hot thing to wear. Let me tell you what. I was a hot mess express. Cigarette leopard pajama pants i'm pretty sure my top was a black spaghetti string like i think i mean you could have been in the people of walmart i mean not that back then that was nice but like now fast forward that would that would get you almost in the basically you look dang good in it i'm not gonna lie basically he fell in love with me instantly but no let's carry on this conversation no he asked for my number and i again didn't know that he was talking to me but i answered i gave him my number i think i was shaking like a leaf and then he went into his apartment i went into kayla's apartment here's where the story gets funny (laughs) so i mean really it's god i think like so what what she didn't know at the time is um my my buddy who later on fast forward becomes a groomsman of mine had come and he he lived on the other side of town and he was trying to save on gas money so he would sleep on my couch during the school week so he was literally crashed dead asleep on my couch he had come back from uh, playing video games as well do you hear this do you hear this video games let me tell you I don't, hey, that was the thing back then, you know, I was, I was a single college kid and I'm trying to pass the time innocently. Okay. So, so uh, what ended up happening is Kayla calls me on my cell phone. I think I have to give a backstory to this. You do have to give a backstory. Okay. Because, so he has a friend asleep on his couch, right? I am going to be staying at Kayla's house because I've just had this Colorado bulldog, right? And I shouldn't say house, apartment. But here her boyfriend comes. He's come from out of town or something, and he's going to stay with her. And now I'm like, well, I can't drive home. So I tell Kayla, I'm either going to sleep on your couch or you can text Dustin or call him and see if I can go over there. Now, this is where it sounds schmexy. There was no schmexiness (laughs) happening. So let's just be real clear about that, okay? Well, and let's be real clear, too. I knew Kayla's apartment because we hung out quite a bit. She only had a love seat, so she was not sleeping on yes. that couch. So Kayla calls you, and she, what happens? What does she say? Kayla calls me and says, I can't remember exactly what she said. Well, okay, so it was, my, I know I, you it was my idea to have Kayla contact you because I didn't have anywhere to go, basically nowhere to stay. And so she, I think, calls you yeah, and says um, something like, hey, she's like whispering, pretending like I am not right <laughs> next to her shaking in my boots. Keep in mind, the apartment is literally 300 <laughs> square feet. You're standing next to each other, no matter where you're standing. Yeah. So she calls and she's like, hey, um, I was just wondering, Tim just got over here. Do you think that you could come see if Alana could come hang out with you? And I mean, I don't even think he had hung up the phone and there is a knock <laughs> at her door. Hey, the apartment's 300 square feet. I, it was like three <laughs> steps and I was at her front door for my, for my front door. So he invites me over, which is kind of funny because he's got a sleeping dude on his couch. But you guys, this is where the history starts. And basically, like, I mean, that was that was, that was it. it. That was the beginning so, of forever, forever. So let's explain this. 
I go over and we start talking about literally every question under the sun. We asked each other thousands of questions, I oh, think. Like, I yeah. mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but it was non-stop talking. We talked until... Until I had to go to class. Right. Yeah, until you had, had to, to go to class. Yes, I had to go to class. So I asked, or you had, I think I asked you first, like, have you been in any relationships? Of course, he knew I had just gotten out of this serious relationship with the boy that I had followed to school. But I shared about the epic blind date psychopath, right? And Dustin shared about his relationship. He had been, um, you share that part. I mean. Yeah, we had, I had been in a relationship prior we had, but we had been broken up. I don't know how how Just many, a few how many months, yeah, I a think. few months at that point. But we we dated for six months before that, and the very last interaction was she, you know, she looks and looks me in the eyes, all lovey, and says, "I think I'm falling in love with you." And here I am. I say, "Oh, that's sweet," and I literally walk her to the front door, and you that guys. was the last time. That was the last inter- last conversation I had with her. I feel so bad. Anyway, so I hear him share this story about how after, I thought it was four months. Was it six months? Four. It might have been four. Okay, but just after a good... That was 20 years ago. Well, after a chunk of time, she says, I think I'm falling in love with you. And he cuts it off. And then my story is sharing about this one date where this guy says he's going to marry me. And I'm like, you are a psycho. Okay, so here's where it gets real fun. Before the sun rises and I go to school the next morning, I'm telling myself, I am going to marry this man. Did you think that that night? Oh, absolutely. I, 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 tell, I tell people now, I mean, I literally threw everything about myself out there for her and she didn't run away. You know, because typically in, in relationships, I, I kind of call it the used car salesman. You're kind of given bits and pieces of, of information of the car or, or yourself and hoping they don't run away. And then you'll release all the, the bad info over time. But I just let it all out there. We and did. Sh- and she did, not, she did not run away. And she yeah. just stare, kept staring deeply into my eyes. And I'm thinking... How is it that I have just told him this story about the psychopath? He has told me this story about this sweet girl he dated for a chunk of time, and he was terrified or that she was falling in love that quickly. So I've, I am now the psychopath, right? Like I am now the one who has this, this crazy idea that I'm going to marry him. After just a couple of hours, I am the blind date man. <laughs> now right so i can't tell him any of this i'm playing it cool i can't tell her because i mean i'm she just got out of that crazy yeah crazy date so we have our lips sealed about this um do you remember how we ended the night when is, I'm is about, this is this my game that this I is have? your game that you had this is right before i'm gonna go to class literally we have been awake all night long talking about Everything under the sun, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of our past, like everything and on the table. We are pretty delirious at this point. I we're mean, exhausted. We, we've been up for 24 hours. Yes. And I, I look at her. Yeah, let's and reenact. I, and I ever, <laughs> I just ever so gently reach over my hand and I say, 
would it be okay if I, if I asked you if I could kiss you? Yeah. Would it be okay if I asked you if I could kiss you? And right there. I was asking permission to ask if I could kiss her. (laughs) That's, That's how lame I was. That was not lame. That was game, baby. That was game. I was like, in that moment, I'm like wanting to be like, I do. But I had to be really careful with my words that I, I was not going to just say my wedding vows right then and there, right? <laughs> so we kissed and it was a good kiss. It was a good kiss. Oh my goodness, yes. I was like, and it is official, Lord. Like, Even our tongues match up. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. So I go to class. I cannot think of anything else except for the fact that I'm going to marry this man. That was a Wednesday night slash Thursday morning because we stayed up all night, right? I, on- I luckily did not have classes on Tuesdays or Thursday that semester. So I was able to re- relax and kind of get get a little bit of rest before I had practice that afternoon. But I was in school, probably failing all the stuff, <laughs> daydreaming about this man that I was going to marry. Anyway, it was, that was the Wednesday before Labor Day weekend. I was flying out to the beach to be with my family that Friday. Do you know what I told my parents that Friday? I had met the man I was going to marry. This was right after I have just told everyone I am never going to date again. I've just told them that just a couple months prior to that. Then I tell my parents, I have met the man I'm going to marry. And I proceed to tell my mom, please ask me, like ask me all the questions because I know everything about him because literally we have talked forever. And um, what did you do that same Friday? Well, what happened to me is I was getting ready to have a scrimmage come up that Saturday and my parents were going to come in town. So typically I would call them and kind of give them a rundown of the schedule. That way we knew when to see each other. But the first things I said to my my, my mom, actually, because she screamed for my dad when I told her this, I said, I think I met the one. And, Tom, <laughs> he said he thinks he met the one. And, she, you know, she's freaking out and everything. And I said, yeah, she, and she knows the real Dustin. And you know what my mom said? My mom said, well, do I know the real <laughs> Dustin? I love that so much. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think so, yeah, but, but Atlanta does. yeah. So how long did it take for us to say, like, you are the one for me? I believe it was several weeks later when all of your family came up and all of my family, or maybe your parents came up and my parents came up and we were out to dinner at a a Mexican food restaurant and and, uh, after the game and we were just kind of casually conversing and that topic came up and I guess they kind of started cross-referencing dates and timelines and we both figured out it was literally the same exact Friday that we told, we each told our parents that we were going to, we found the one where either we were going to marry this person or this is, we found the one that we were going to marry. Right. So that was question number one. Seven hours later, we're going to get a (laughs) multi-parter podcast. I know we might. So several hours later, we need to address this. Several people asked, were we both Christians when we met? I had, so yes and no for me. I had accepted, I had accepted Jesus into my heart, um, but I was still fighting the battle. I was still, you know, under attack from the enemy. I was really still trying to, to find my lifestyle. I was not plugged into a church, but I had been going to FCA, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes through the school I was at, through the university I was at, and getting, getting submersed in it, but I still was not living that life quite yet. Um, yeah. that's a whole story for another time 
but I was seeking him or he was seeking me and I was still trying to find him. Yeah. You were, I feel like when, when I came into the picture, I could tell that you, you did believe in the Lord and you wanted him to be part of your life, but you were kind of tiptoeing around that a little bit. And to be quite honest, I had been a believer since I was seven, but I had kind of gone off you know, I kind of wandered away there for a a season, a a long season. And so I really wasn't, um, you know, when, when people ask, were we Christians? Yes. But were we walking the faith? And I I don't think either one of us really truly can say that we were walking with the Lord at that time. Um, but that's where our story is really cool because he, not only did we individually start walking with the Lord after that, then together as a couple years later to really see um, just our, our relationship grow spiritually was awesome. That could be a whole podcast right there. Yeah. I feel like we grew together and then grew to him uh, closer to him together as well. Yeah. I mean, you were definitely closer because you grew up in in a a home that went to church all every weekend. Yeah. Uh, For me, not so much, but I really feel like, the, the growing together and the growing to him was kind of the concept that we we went through in our marriage. And it was, an, I think that's what's made us so close as well. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now is my favorite part of the story. I, I, I have blocked this part out. I, I happened <laughs> to just glance down to see what the next question was. So I have blocked this part out, but she has not. Oh, I mean, I, I remember bits and pieces. You have not blocked this part out. I think it's just. I don't talk about it very much because I'm embarrassed by it. (laughs) We're going to talk about the epic engagement. Okay. So we, you know, basically decided we were going to marry each other, um, the beginning of September, right? Labor day weekend. And, um, I had just come out of that foot surgery. Remember, this is why I was maybe not going to go back to school. The foot surgery that I had was a big reconstructive surgery, but uh, the foot doctor I had at the time said it was like the cheerleader version and it did not do what it was supposed to do. So they were going to do the football version. That was just kind of what he was saying. It's like, I'm going to do kind of just an easier surgery. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to have to go in with the big kahuna, which I did that fall. And um, I have to tell this story to kind of build up the engagement story because it's epic, y'all. You do not want to miss this, okay? (sighs) So I had the second reconstructive foot surgery, um, and that was a big deal. I have some big scars for that. And unfortunately, um, the surgery damaged my nerves, and I got reflex sympathetic dystrophy. That's a mouthful. Uh, Nerve disease that... RSD for short. Yeah, that I got after that surgery, and I was miserable. Uh, miserable is an understatement. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. It was extremely painful. Um, one of the questions that is coming up is, do we have kids? Yes, we do. And I have had an all natural, non-medicated birth. And that does not even touch the pain that I had when I was dealing with RSD. So it was bad. It was bad. (laughs) And um, there was a time where it was so bad. And you, what did you leave? You came home from college. We went to Hardin-Simmons in Abilene. And you drove um, six hours to my parents' house down near Houston to be with me that one time. And I don't know if you had missed practice or scrimmage. I what mi- was I it? Mi- I missed practice. I think I missed uh, one to two days of practice that week to be with you. Yeah. 
And that's important to this because the guys that I have date that I had dated, um, not many were long term at all. They were like these short things, except for the one that I had followed to school. And um, you know, my dad was one of those just I think the typical American dads that like they, you know, they have this kind of rough front and maybe the guys are a little nervous, but he would be am amicable, but still never seemed to love any of the guys that I dated until Dustin came around, you guys, okay? <laughs> so when Dustin came down that weekend and had missed practice, um, came down just to be with me, it was, again, miserable time. Uh, I had a big fight, like blowout with the family just because I was in so much pain and I was not being myself. Yeah. And there was a day that was just horrific pain-wise and emotion-wise and just family feud-wise because I was treating everybody terribly. Um, that night, my dad, um, who everybody knows as Paw Paul, went up in the attic and got the rocking chair that he used to rock me at in as a kid. And he brought it up to my room, got me out of bed. I am 20 years old, okay? Got my, big, my big booty out of bed, <laughs> put me in his lap on that rocking chair and he said, I don't care if you have to take your pain out on me, but don't mess this up with him. That was a big deal because my dad never really seemed to like any of the guys, but he was so impressed with Dustin for putting me first rather than football or school. Like he drove all that time and then probably got punished for missing practice to come and be with me and that meant everything to my dad. And he was like, don't you screw this up with this guy. Okay, so that was a moment that was just so cool. He loved Dustin, still does, obviously, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just made a big impact on him. So fast forward a couple weeks, it was around Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. Dustin came back down and my mom knew Dustin was going to ask the question. So she did what any rational future mother-in-law would do. She set up a time for Dustin to ask the question to my dad. And this part, you guys, is just the beginning of the epic engagement story because Dustin, my sweet man, oh. where did Mimi, your mother-in-law, send you? <laughs> To somewhere that I have never been before, <laughs> and never and could. never been since. Well, that's maybe not, not true. <laughs> maybe not true. I've been I've been in these places. But we went to. She set Papa and I up to get a manicure and a pedicure. <laughs> okay, just let them laugh for a second. <laughs> manicure and a pedicure. She knows Dustin is going to ask the question, and she thinks this is a brilliant time. I'm gonna send them to a spa day. <laughs> so, so, carry on. so we go in. And I kid you not, they station us in the furthest corners away from each other that we could possibly be during this time. One of us is getting our feet done while the other one's getting the hand done. So there's, unless I'm screaming across the shop, I'm not going to ask the question. And I I'm already stop like. laughing, okay? I, because I wish for anything somebody could have had a hidden camera at this oh. point just to see. And like, you know, like the thought guy on videos or where you can hear like what the person is thinking to only just know what my dad is thinking at this point in time because he is not a pedicure manicure guy either no nor is dustin so like to know what they're thinking would have been or just secret footage oh. would have been great <laughs> so yeah so i Again, I, I want to do this the right way. I want to ask her dad for her hand in marriage. I, I want to have his permission to marry his daughter. 
So obviously it, it doesn't happen in the manicure pedicure place. So we're driving back and I can't remember if it was you or your mom called, called your dad and we're just kind of trying to feel him out, ask questions, but not really ask if I asked the question. And she can tell just based on how everything's going that I didn't ask. So she gives us this random grocery list. I mean, like things that I guess because it would take time to find in the grocery store because then I could ask in a grocery store. I don't know. <laughs> so we go to this bougie grocery store that any, doesn't even exist anymore. It's been torn down. It was pretty. It was, it was pretty, pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so yeah. so we go in there and we find what we're looking for. And both of us are like, what the heck are we looking for this stuff? We're like, what do they make? Like the conversation is about how crazy these items are, not like how crazy my heart's going to explode out of my chest. So again, nothing happens in the grocery store. We get the items and now we're, it's a two minute drive Probably. from the grocery store to her, to uh, so back time to the, back to their is house. ticking. Time's ticking. And, and your heart is and, getting more and more racy. And my heart's getting more and more racy. <laughs> and Paul's in this big Astro van. He drove this big <laughs> giant van that, I mean, I don't know. It's, it makes it, when you see him, it's like huge. So anyways, I, I'm, we're getting there and we're at the light, getting ready to turn down the road to go to their house. And I just throw my hands on the dashboard. This is great. Put it on camera right here. <laughs> I throw my hands on the dashboard and I just say, Papa, can I marry your daughter? It's something along those lines. I don't I mean, it was something very basic like that. And head down head down i mean no eye contact no eye contact i mean i am fully literally going to have a heart attack i mean i thought i was going to die right i mean worst case scenario i just throw myself out in the moving traffic and get run over and die (laughs) i mean that's the best that's like the best thing that could happen to me if he says no um but he says yes and 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 not and not just yes he goes into an explanation about how much he loves and respects me and and appreciates what, what i did when she had her surgery and came down and sacrificed my dream because my dream was to play college football i mean that was like my thing i wanted to do it and, and you did and you oh, did. i did but i mean i sacrificed days and playing yeah uh, to come down and be with her during be with you during your surgery and he recognized that and yeah i mean i think that really um put a place in his heart for me when I did that. Yeah, for sure. So that was around Thanksgiving. And I knew that, I mean, we had talked about this. We knew we were getting married. Um, We had gone ring shopping together. Like this was not one of those stories where the, you know, the, the future bride is like caught off guard, like, Oh, we're, you want to marry me? Like, it wasn't like that. We knew. So um, I really start thinking, okay, is he going to ask me at Christmas? Well, Christmas comes and goes and no ask. Is he going to ask me at New Year's? New Year's comes and goes, no ask. I should say I am not going back to school this upcoming semester because my foot and the nerve pain that I have, I'm like currently going to a bunch of um, specialists. I'm on a lot of medication. The medication that I'm on um, would make me feel real out of it, as you'll soon hear. <laughs> and uh, just, I, I wasn't able to function. I wasn't able to walk. I was in a wheelchair for a while. So um, just so you know, I'm not all there, right? But I'm there enough to know he is not asking this dadgum question. In my defense, the ring was on back order. 
my plan was to ask on Christmas or during Christmas, but the ring was on back order. But I didn't know this. Christmas, I, and I wasn't going to tell her this. I, I, just, I wanted her to be surprised. Christmas comes and goes. Yeah. I call the store, still back ordered. New Year's comes and goes. I call the store, still back ordered. And finally, I get this random call in January, and there's, they said, your ring's here and your ring's ready. And where were you at the time? Well, I was in, I was north of Dallas. I mean, close to the, we, we live in the country, uh, north of Dallas. So it's about an hour and a half north of Dallas and Houston is four hours south of Dallas. So really five, almost five hours. And the store is in Houston. So here I am. Let me just paint this picture. I am on the floor in my parents' living room, doped up <laughs> on some serious drugs and I have been watching TV and all of this. And all of a sudden, Dustin appears. He was not in town. But for whatever reason, it did not register to me. Like, it wasn't a big deal that he just showed up. Because, again, I'm doped up. I, I knew I could take advantage of the of, the, of, <laughs> of your drugs, drug state. Yeah. So I'm on the floor. He comes in. And he says hi to me. And then he disappears. Like, he just... Like you said hi and then you left. Yeah, which I don't know why I did that. I don't, I don't know, know why. why I didn't just go to the mall. Yeah, and get, you, to, get the ring. You came straight to our to my parents' house and then you left. Well, after he left, I get a phone call. Now I know Dustin and I are going to get married, right? I get a phone call from a very legit person telling me <laughs> that I have just won a cruise. Let me just say this first. The, some of the drugs she was prescribed were crazy. One of them was Oxycontin. Luckily, uh -huh. luckily she, she made it without any addiction or anything. But she was on, when I say like heavy, heavy. medication, she was on like Neurontin. the strongest medication Elevil. you could possibly get for a person. Yeah, I had, and for a while I had like medication that was going subcutaneously or whatever they say in my leg so oh yeah you had that nerve pump i had a nerve block thing i had a lot of stuff going on but i was on not only was i on pain meds like serious pain meds i was also on these nerve medications that make you feel like you're like glue like you're like oozing into the floor right so this lady legit lady calls <laughs> and tells me i have won a cruise and all i have to do is go and enter my information on the computer and blah 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 and i'm thinking this is our free honeymoon. Like we have arrived. Yeah. So again, I cannot walk at the po at this point. I feel like my parents were already in bed or they were in their room or something. So I'm on their living room floor. I crawl to the stairs. I crawl up the stairs to get on my dad's computer so that I can enter in all of my social security <laughs> numbers and everything so I can win this cruise. And out of nowhere, so when you're watching on YouTube, you can see me, I am facing the computer, I am looking this thing up, I know I have just won this, and then out of nowhere, Dustin appears again to my right, and he is down on one knee, you know, I'm on the computer, winning a cruise, hello, and he's got the ring and he says something very simple like, you know, Will you marry me? Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> it was so elegant and eloquent and all of the words. It was the stuff that every epic. little girl dreams of. Yeah, it was while you're mid cruising it up, and I'm like, yeah, okay, but we just won a cruise, so I don't even know if I like really even acknowledged that he was there because we have just won this cruise. Well, and the reason I knew it was fake is 
prior to that, when I was living in the in, in the dorms in college, they called every room in the dorm trying doing this scam. So literally everyone in the dorm thought they won a cruise. Yeah. So, so he, I, I knew I knew it was a scam. He has to convince me that it is a scam. And so like, you know, I'm not in the best of moods. <laughs> I'm I'm doped up. <laughs> I have not won a cruise, in fact, and he has just asked me to marry him in, in the this least situation. Romantic way possible. <laughs> I think you helped carry me downstairs or something. We went and told my parents we were finally engaged and that was it. Like it was the yeah. most epic engagement ever. Like it for was. real. It we was. should win an award. Oh man. So that was in January. I don't even know what day that was. Dude, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But we got married July thirtieth. So we were from the start of, you know, Labor Day pre Labor Day week when we meet each other and stay up all night to when we get married was 11 months. Less than a year. Less than a year. And um, our wedding, people wanted to know a little bit about our wedding. Did, did you get qu questions from people about how the length of our engagement? I mean, why, yes. why it was so short? Yes, all the time. And people thought I was crazy because I had been in that previous relationship for a few years. And then all of a sudden I've, you know, I've stated I will never date again. And then immediately say, I'm going to marry this man and we're going to get married this coming year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Within I mean, the year. It was unbelievable. My parents have a very similar story, but about how short it was. And they they would share, share stories about people questioning them and why they were getting married so so quick. Um, it just, you know, I had I, someone I had someone ask me if we were pregnant and I was like, no. Right. We're, we're not pregnant. We'd love each other. Yeah. Like this is it. So our wedding was in Houston and at the Bella Terraza. Was the that what Bella it was called? Bella Terraza. I don't even think it's yeah, there right. anymore. Good job, I, I know. Like, I can't even believe I remember that. But we wanted a small wedding, and here's why. <laughs> my dad, so I have a sister <laughs> who's this. six years older, and my sister had this really beautiful wedding. The pictures are amazing. And, you know, like, they're... they're um, not their clients, what do you call their, and not their customers, their invitees. What do you say? The people that came. The guests. The guests. Thank you. <laughs> Good Lord. It's late and my brain is back on the doped up days, I think. But anyway, their guests released butterflies when my sister and her husband walked. Like it was a, it was a, it was a show like, but a beautiful. So my dad had said, here's your budget. This is you know, what I spent on your sister's wedding plus interest. <laughs> he is a money man and had been some years. So he's like, plus interest. This is your total. I look at that number. I think we're both pretty money savvy. I look at that number and I'm like, well, what happens if we don't want to spend all that on our wedding? And he was like, you get to pocket whatever you don't spend. I would have never thought to have asked that. I'm well, like, oh, that's what we're spending. I did. I, I, he said, we get to pocket the rest. And I'm like, hot diggity dog. We are doing a DIY Heck wedding. Yeah. We're doing a DIY wedding. We are only inviting family and like our closest best friends. And that is it. Um, and that's exactly what we did. You had two of your best friends and I had one. The rest was just family. And that was only because they were groomsmen and, and bridesmaids. That was it. Yeah. So um, it was a small wedding. We asked everybody to wear black. And um, there was, it was cool because the Bella Terraza, the place we did, it was kind of like this winery type feeling. Very Tuscany feeling. Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like a wine room-ish on the first floor. So everybody's seated in there and I walk in and then there's this big staircase you could walk up and we did the 
reception upstairs. It was just all in one place. Um, great wedding. I was so cheap <laughs> that I didn't even want a videographer because I was like, that's, I think, I think the quote we got, like looking back, I'm like rolling my eyes, but I think the quote we got for the videographer way back in 2000, when did we get married? 2004. <laughs> was like $600 and I just thought oh my gosh there's no way right. it might have either been that or 1500 and I said no and I that is like the biggest regret from our wedding yeah because I have no memory of what we said like I yeah. besides pictures like oh gosh if y'all are getting married please I, I would have nixed the pictures just to do the video oh in a heartbeat. for sure and that, looking back now yeah but anyway, so I, we can't really tell you a whole lot about our yeah. wedding because we didn't have it recorded. And I know we didn't eat. We all, didn't we, eat. We picked out all the food, or you picked out all the food, and I was so excited to eat it. And we were so busy saying hi to everyone, dancing, doing all, all the all the do's that yeah. we we didn't even eat. So we get in the limo to, to go down to Galveston is where we stayed for our first honeymoon night before we went on a cruise that we didn't win. We had to pay for this one, right? Um, but as we were driving away, my aunt is running after the the limo waving. I and mean, like track star like running. Like really waving. And we were waving back like, wow, she's really excited to say bye to us. And we didn't realize she had a to-go thing of food, but we were totally oblivious to that. And had no idea she was, you know, running like a track star, trying to get to the limo to give us food. And we just were waving back. <laughs> Poor Ping. She, she was really trying. Yeah. But we get to our hotel room and we walk into our room. They were supposed to give us a king bed, but what did they give us? Two full beds? I think there were two full beds somehow. So we walk in and that's already, you know, ruined our number one. I still have my veil in. Like, I mean, this is, I'm like, seriously, you gave us this room and it was a really, really nice hotel. Oh, it was a beautiful hotel. But they had overbooked. And what happens when we walk in the room? When we walk in, I kid you not, <laughs> the paintings, the paintings on the wall, maybe I can do it like this. The paintings on the wall were bouncing. <laughs> Because the people, our next door neighbors, it might have been their wedding night. Yeah, I thought. I, don't know. I mean, I, it could have been their wedding night. I don't know, but they were celebrating. And it was not exactly the best turn on. We've no. got two tiny beds. Um, we are starving. Starving. We're exhausted. And these people are having a good old time right next door to <laughs> enough to make our wall slash paintings move. So. We immediately left the room and we walked a few blocks down to like a lot of blocks, actually. A lot of blocks. Do you remember where? I mean, I, I mean, I know what I ate, but I get Denny's. Denny's. Was it Denny's? Okay. Denny's. Denny's. We walked down to Denny's. Did I still have my veil in? Or I had a thousand bobby pins in. Yeah, I know you that. had all your bobby pins in. You may have had your veil I, on. I think you took the veil off, but I still had my hair done like that. And I'm pretty sure we walked by a hotel and people were doing it in the pool, too. They, we were. We did. We walked right by the, another, I don't know if it was our hotel or another hotel, and there was people getting it on in the pool, and it's like, this is what you want to be doing, but you can't be doing it right now because... We are... I mean, we are... Starving. We are, Starving is an understatement. I mean, we were so hungry. And now everywhere we go, other people are, are doing this. Yes. <laughs> so we go to Denny's and we get chili, chili cheese, cheese fries. fries. 
and we inhale it, which is probably not the best when you want to like right. maybe not have gas yeah. or bloating or something but we inhaled i think those. we also ordered a platter of some sort like rudy tootie fresh and fruity or i mean something something like what that is but, rudy tootie fresh and fruity is that like an I think actual it's like meal? Pa- i think it's like pancakes with fruit really yeah i don't remember i they just have know all these, these crazy names at denny's i just know we ate those fries we like we had never eaten anything before oh it was that at that moment in our life, those might have been the best chili cheese fries, t- best tasting because we were so hungry. Yeah. Anyway, that was the start of our forever, our honeymoon and right there. And we walked, burned all the calories walking back <laughs> and got back to the hotel room and the the paintings were still bouncing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was a night. So, all right. We're married at this point. We go on our honeymoon. What were some good and bad things right off the bat like on our honeymoon or just in general in marriage a lot of people were saying you know the good and bad the good and bad well so what happened was when we got married we moved from abilene to denton and and Atlanta changed schools yeah and she literally knew nobody and i had to obviously get a job so we could pay bills yeah and i got a job and i was working the night shift and it was very when i say very it was extremely hard for alana at that time because mm-hmm. one she just got married her husband's now working night the graveyard shift so we never see each other we never see each other and she knows nobody yeah and I mean, it's a I'm, brand new town and she knows nobody and i'm in a new school i transferred yeah. because i was still in school he had just graduated but i was still in school so transferring to a new school a new town no friends a new husband who i never see and it was hard i started becoming a wino yeah no i mean i gra- i once i graduated we decided to move move out of Avalanche. what do you say I, no for i think we you, you didn't become a wino oh i did become a wino i would go and buy bottles of wine oh would, oh oh you that meant, kind of wine oh, i you thought, thought you were meaning like you i was whining yeah. oh thank you i didn't whine but i did wine <laughs> at night i would drink wine and then i would be embarrassed because i you know like i wasn't a drinker but i i fell into that and then i would take the wine bottles over to the dumpster so he would now i mean like i might drink one bottle or half a bottle at a, but for in a someone day. who never drank, that yeah, was that was a lot. a lot. That was a lot, and then I would take it and throw it away in the dumpster because I didn't want him to know that <laughs> I was doing this because I was depressed, y'all. I was real depressed. Yeah. And I mean, luckily, over time, I mean, you were you were there was so much life change that happened at that time that it was very hard for you to to make that adjustment. But I think it was also it was hard, but it was also good at the same time because it kind of forced you to make new friends. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and you did make some really good friends. You had our next door neighbor or our neighbor across the hall that you made friends with and you had um, Misty you made friends with. And once we moved from that apartment to another apartment, I feel like each time we moved, you made more and more friends uh, yeah. at, at schools. And I think it was, it was good over time, but it was that first, first several months were extremely difficult for you. Yeah. So that was one of the hard things for sure yeah. out of the gate. Now we've been through a lot of seasons in our marriage where things have been hard or yeah. a little, you know, sticky. Um, but there was a lot of good stuff too. I mean, we, I feel like you and I, or should I say Dustin and I, in case you're just listening, we've had this really great um, 
relationship when it comes to communication. We've been really good communicators for the most part. Now, there are things that we definitely needed to work on along the way, like hiding the fact that I was a wino for a hot season. Or adopting a cat off the street. (laughs) I did do that one night. That was early in our marriage, too. But there was other struggles, too, and I we've we've talked about this a lot on our page. Um, if you didn't get to watch Lisa from Unrelenting Pursuit, excuse me, <clears throat> she and I did a couple of lives, wives and sex drives. And this was one of the things we struggled with for years. Yeah. We don't struggle with it anymore. Um, but I, it's like, what do you bring into the marriage? What worldview do you bring into the marriage? And so imagine coming into your new marriage with a suitcase of beliefs. And so the one that I brought, one of the ones I brought was that the man that I marry is going to have this drive to always pursue me, always want me. Um, I, every movie you see and every it seems like every article you read, it's the women complaining that all their husbands want is sex, right? So I assumed he would want that all the time. And then he has what I would consider a very normal drive, but I just imagined he would want that all the time. But then you have the fact that he works night shifts. And it was hard physical labor night shifts. Yeah, he's exhausted. I have a very easy schedule at the time and a normal schedule. And so... I started being like, why are you not pursuing me all the time, <laughs> right? And um, we ended up going to a, um, a newlywed Bible study. And I've shared this story, of course, you know, Dustin's like, here we go again. But I love this story because it's, I, 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 I share this, we share this because we want people to know you're not alone. Um, if a man has a lower drive than his wife, if the wife has a higher drive than the husband, like that's not, abnormal it may not be the you know average but it's still not abnormal and so we found ourselves in this newlywed bible study and we get to several weeks in where they talk about sex and i'm hearing all the ladies in a separate room you know saying that's all their husbands want and i'm feeling like the oddball out he's with the guys hearing about how they're you know all these husbands just wish their wife wanted more and we are again oddballs out right the next week we meet up and the leaders ask, is there anything you want to share with the group and to share with your spouse, but where you feel a safe place to share this so we can talk about it? And my sweet husband says, Alana, sometimes I just want you to know I'm just too tired. <laughs> and hey, I was coming from the heart on that one, too. I really was. Yeah. So the guys are thinking he's Looney Tunes. The girls I are mean, thinking. They looked at me like I had shot their dog. Those, those, <laughs> those guys were. They were like, I can't believe you just said that. And the girls are thinking, what does that mean? You <laughs> like sex? Like what? You know, anyway. And um, so that was a that was a hard thing for years was on um, uh, setting yourself spouse up to fail. So it was, I was having these unspoken expectations of Dustin. And then when he was not doing these unspoken expectations of pursuing me when I thought he might should, right? Um, Then it was like, I felt disappointed. I felt like he didn't love me. I felt unattractive. Like all of these lies, the enemy loves to terrorize the sex relationship of a Christian marriage specifically, because that is such a... Um, a spiritual thing. It's not just a physical and emotional thing, but it's a spiritual connection. And I really feel like 
the enemy loves to weasel his way in and he did and i allowed him to win for years thinking that there was things wrong um, when really it was just we had to realize i have a higher drive and that is okay and he if he is exhausted i need to <laughs> i need to um give grace there and so over the years we've definitely like we have a, a beautiful um yeah, relationship when when it comes to that and it just took some time but that was definitely that was definitely a little bit yeah. um it was, hard. Just, it, it was it was hard i mean going through that communication process and learning about that and and speaking about that with each other it was hard because you felt very rejected. Yeah. Very oh, rejected. A lot of rejection for sure. And you I never... mean it affected years of our of our marriage. Yeah. Uh, sec- when it comes to sex our sex life, it affected years. Yeah. And I'm just like not only just feeling rejected, but then you almost get this sense of like resentment. Like um and, and just wrong thoughts that go through your mind of just um, lies that again, that the enemy will just weasel his way in and then you start believing it. Um, But thankfully we're, you know, I believe totally healed from that. Um, But that was part of it. We've also gone through other seasons, which I'm sure we'll share in other podcast episodes, podcast, podcast, other podcast (laughs) episodes Um, where we'll talk about um, some of our big fights uh, that we've had, we've had some big fights and silly, you know, arguments, but long drawn out, like arguing about homeschool for that's one of the things we could talk about. That was for, a doozy. That was a doozy. And that was like at least six months of tension in our marriage. Um, one of the other questions asked was, do we have kids? And we've already said yes, but that was another hardship we lost. Um, we had a miscarriage and between the two, we have two boys. One just turned 15. Oh, oh my, my goodness. And the other one just turned 11. So nine, ninth grader and a fifth grader. And we lost one in between. Um, and that was rough. It I, was. That was really rough because I really think we kind of swept our pain under the rug for a while. Um, and it didn't come out until years later where, remember when you weren't, he, Dustin has been a triathlete and then he kind of gave it up. And there's a backstory there that we'll have to share in another episode. But um, it came a point where he said, you know, I think I couldn't do it anymore because of that. And so that's another story yeah, for sure. There were a lot of emo- emotions tied to that. Yeah. That, that's, again, that's a, that's a whole yeah, I mean, story. Just, for so, another, just so we don't leave them hanging. I miscarried while he was in a race, like while he was racing. Yeah. And so um, just... Th- just that, uh, you know, sadness and loss that was attached to the fact that he, he wasn't there, which wasn't on him. I mean, I didn't know I was going to miss Carrie while he was racing, but, um, it just happened like that. And so that was a, that was a season of, Mm -hmm. of hardship there. And another season of hardship too, was I get really sick when I'm pregnant. And so both pregnancies, um, was really hard, um, with our youngest, I think, I don't know if you thought I was going to die at one point, but... With our, with our youngest, I don't know if I thought you were going to die, but there was a very high concern for it. Yeah. I was hospitalized for five weeks and the doctors were basically telling me to abort or we would both die um, as a possibility. And so like seasons like that, like we've been through um, some hardships yeah. and... Um, but then there's been so many good things oh, along man. the way. Oh, and other hardships, finances. Oh my yeah. gosh, for so many of our first years, like 
that was we were broke. We was broke, broke, <laughs> broke, broke. Um, so yeah, we've we've been through some stuff. And the final question, really, that we can wrap this up with a pretty bow mm-hmm. and then dive into those topics later again is what led us to marriage ministry? What led us specifically to marriage in action and starting this? Well, you know, it was years ago that that we were we were leading a small group for our church, and it was a marriage small group, and you know that that we felt like it went really well. You know, we were doing kind of a a, a book study on, on marriage and whatnot, but I feel like that was kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I feel like after that after that group ended, after we went through the curriculum on that, I feel like we both got a word that we were supposed to to start some sort of marriage ministry what that looked like we didn't know how, how we went about that again we didn't know um but you know like we always like like, like we've done in the past we said we won't we won't do that we're never going to do that yeah and, and you know when we say never it always happens <laughs> always i feel like god put it on our hearts and we were uh, we were just, also transitioning in life too. Yeah, but it was like we were dismissive of the fact that we both felt like we should pursue some sort of marriage ministry, but we didn't know what it looked like. And what I, the way I explain it is we also had a lot of lies again that the enemy were telling no. us like, uh, you don't have any street cred. And what I mean by that is a lot of the coaches that we had seen or counselors, you hear a lot of them that have these backstories. Um, maybe it's infidelity or like, real muck that they've been through real stuff that gives them we didn't have that car crash of a thing that like we didn't have that that just horrific thing that we had to fight through and just go through and and come out on the other end of and and then be able to like teach other people about right and and that was i think that real i think that was really kind of the main thing that kind of held us back like we just felt like there's no way we could do that because there's there's no story yeah I, I feel like it was that and the fact that we were thinking, what can we share? We, I mean, we've been married for, you know, some years, but not that many years. We're still really young. Yeah. And so I think it really just, we allowed um, the enemy to just say, don't do it because mm-hmm. you're not qualified. You're not equipped. You're not old enough. You're not wise enough. You haven't been through the bad, you know, the really bad stuff to have a voice and, um, it was years of us saying no to God's prompting until we realized, wait a second, we don't have to have all of that stuff. We've had a pretty dadgum marriage, but pretty dadgum good marriage. <laughs> a pretty dadgum marriage. We have pretty dadgum good marriage. And so why not tell people like they don't have to believe the lie that all marriages go through no. the horrific. You, of course, you're going to go through seasons of hardship. Um, everyone is regardless if you're married or not. But why do we have to believe that lie? We don't. We can tell people what we've done in marriage, what we're learning, what we continue to learn and go ahead and teach people. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we did. Um, it, it, it was also just like this, um, leap of obedience too, because like podcasting, we had never done that, uh, ministry. We had never re- really done that. And so it's like, where do we start? We had all these questions and hurdles that make you kind of keep putting it off. And last year in the summer, we finally were like, you know what? We're going to start this. We're going to come up with a name. We're going to have it posted, but like two days from now or something crazy like that. And we were racking our brains on the name. And 
we had gone through several name possibilities and either he didn't like it or I didn't like it until we came up with marriage in action. The reason we love this name so much is because we know love is not a feeling. It is a sacrifice. It's an it's an mm-hmm. action. And so you cannot have a good marriage without solid action. Amen. Yeah. So marriage in action was born. And I cannot believe that we are here with over 20,000 followers That's less insane. than a year later. That is crazy. I know. We were at like maybe three-ish, somewhere around December. And I remember thinking, oh, if we could get to... 5,000 by the time we get to a year, but then we hit 5,000 the next month. And then I was thinking, okay, and if we could get to like 10,000 by the end of the year, and then we hit it like a week later. And then it was like, oh, like, it's just crazy how God is such a patient God that we said no to him for years. And yet he still blesses our ministry here we are yeah like it's it's crazy to me i've loved every second of it i've told dustin i feel like i'm like legit in my purpose we are in our purpose but like i love marriage i love helping equip people Um, i feel like we've been ministering to people for so many years on a small little like just individually and it just now we you know have a platform but this is what we've been doing for years Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really is a beautiful thing. I mean, to to think about, I don't know how many years ago it was that God also gave me a, the prompting that we're going to do a podcast. So I went out and bought all the podcast equipment. I was what two, three years ago. Yeah, and it's literally sat in a box in our closet. Yeah, for I don't know how long. Years. And here we are, dusting it off and <laughs> and and putting it to use. And I mean, this is the beginning. Yeah. So we're so glad that you tuned in and you heard history and her story. (laughs) That was really, really dorky. But anyway, um, we took you down memory lane and just tapped in or tiptoed around the good, the bad, the ugly. We will definitely dive in more to that, telling you more about our story along the way and tackling all the taboo topics, the hard topics, the TMI topics. We're all about, I'm all about that anyway. Um, Dustin's learned to be all about that, right? I have. I have. I mean, I'm so used to it now that I'm like, come on, let's do it. Let's just let's be real. It. We're committed to being real. We want to be able to make you feel like this is a safe place to learn and ask questions and grow together. So we're so glad you tuned in and we can't wait to share our next podcast with you.